All right, let's do this. I think if we have more dads, there's less crime. I think if we have more dads, there's less poverty. I think if we have more dads, there's less abuse. I think if we have more dads, there's less violence. I think the importance of a dad in, a, in the household is so paramount to our maintaining our society that some of the things that are being thrown out there for men to get distracted, they get passive, they get, you know, involved in so many different things. They just tune out. They get, they just check out of that role, but that role is so important. So there's definitely a need for that, Tim. And, you know, for me, I mean, growing up without a dad, I, I, I can definitely uh, feel that experience for a child to not have a dad. I can definitely, you know, process some of that pain, some of those feelings, some of those awkward situations where dad's not around. It is so um, counterintuitive to what God wants to do in our culture. Welcome to Altered Manhood, reshaping the narrative of today's manhood through our host's diverse cultures, perspectives, and history. Don't just listen, take your part on this path to victory in life as we guide you on the journey to becoming an altered man. All right, well, welcome to the inaugural kickoff episode of Altered Manhood. I'm going to be your host today, Tim Coet, and we have with us Jerry Bautista and Ralph Johnson. The two Whoa. other gentlemen that will be with us for Altered Manhood. Now, we can't forget our faithful producer and uh, co-part in this process, Mr. Brent Evans. Uh, he's in the background. He won't be saying much because he doesn't want to say much, or maybe he does want to say much. We don't quite know yet, but we're going to give him a shout out. So let's get rolling on the initial inaugural podcast. So my first thing to you guys, both the Jerry and Ralph, um, uh, you know, some of our audience will be hearing our testimonies later about who we are, what God has done in our lives, how he has molded us into the men that we are today. But obviously there's a need, right? We're not going to waste our time uh, contributing into God's kingdom for for no purpose, right? We want to be good stewards of our time. We want to be good stewards of your time if you're listening to this podcast. Um, right. Why is this needed, Ralph? Why don't we start with you? What What is it that you feel as though is is drawing you to this podcast? Why is there such a need out there for the Altered Manhood podcast? Well, I think, hey, good morning. Well, hey, I'm excited about this. Um, and it is morning. I, I think people need to know that. You know, we're up early in the morning doing and this. Our voices. Uh, and uh, we, we are up before our families doing this we are sacrificing um our time talent and treasure for ultimate manhood and that speaks to it that speaks to the value of why this is needed it is needed tim from my perspective it's needed because when we have an encounter right. with god when we have an encounter with jesus christ we are forever changed and i think that in this in you know this um we can get into this later, but uh, I would say a uh, cheap grace culture. And... I think we have a culture of cheap grace. And what I mean by that is this, is that we experience the grace of God, but we don't understand the value of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for mm -hmm. our sins. And so when we understand the value of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins, what happens is it changes us. So altered manhood is simply this. It gives us a different way to live based on the fact that we've had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And mm. so it changes our manhood. It changes our 
uh, view as a husband. It changes our view as our value as a um, as a, a father. It changes us in the marketplace. It change it alters us. So when we visit the altar, we must realize that we have been altered for His sake and for His glory. So that's what I would say. Altar. That's why I think altar manhood is needed in this culture in this day and time. Yeah, couldn't completely agree. I, I I couldn't say more. You know, I think that we we do unfortunately live in a society, a time where the the value of grace, the value of the actual sacrifice on the cross, um, especially in America, I feel. I don't know if you feel that way, Jerry. I feel that way sometimes when we look across other cultures. I know you've done multiple mission trips, um, especially to Spanish speaking, um, you know. Uh, countries out there right and uh, i forget to mention uh, this is la, Prima, uh, la primera el primero podcast right. I get, did i get that right okay awesome perfect and, let's go and uh you know are you would you agree with that do you feel as though there's this uh, greater passion and, and fire out there there's a greater understanding of what grace and the sacrifice of jesus means to these third world countries and and maybe there's a, a stronger understanding of biblical manhood uh in these countries you've been to what, what are your thoughts yeah, I think you see some of that, you know, some of that um, passion to to be that leader in the household in some of these countries. Uh, however, I, I do see some confusion as well, you know, just like our mm -hmm. culture. There's a lot of men who are, uh, I would say, frustrated. They're a little bit confused on what's their role. And, you know, they fall into the narrative of success being uh, acquiring material things or, you know, having relationships uh, one after the other that are not, you know, um, what you would want on a month-off, month-off basis. And I think our culture paints that as success. And I see a lot of men confused, a lot of men frustrated, a lot of men angry and mm. um, don't process that anger so well. So they bury that. You know, and it becomes, you know, clinical studies that tell you that, you know, buried anger uh, manifests into depression. You got some men that are wow. being depressed uh, at the workplace. They're depressed with who they are. They're frustrated. So I think we, we, we're going to bring some value to this conversation, this, this uh, opportunity to kind of unpack, to define what biblical manhood is. I think, you know, we, we have a, just a, a great opportunity in our current culture to you know um tackle that conversation so i'm excited i do see it in some some countries i visited to answer your question tim yeah but i also but i also see the other side too where some of these young adults are just you know they're just giving up on who they are and just going with the flow yeah yeah i completely understand and i agree you know one of the one of the things that you mentioned there i think is key you know is this this frustration factor right because I think we we live in a culture in a time, and I think I think it's been forever, right? But I think the the answer's always been your relationship with God, that, that indwelling of the Holy Spirit, allowing yourself to be altered, to just allow God to, to take over what what you are holding on to in your life. Um, because the equation's always been right as a man, if we can sit there and we can submit to the fact that we are not the God of the universe, right. but there is the God of the universe that we can submit to. That, that flips the script on its head. And all of a sudden, we begin to experience this great success. We begin to experience this great fulfillment. And it's success in the things that matter, 
right? So why don't we talk a little mm -hmm. bit about that altered manhood is really going to focus on the things that matter. And, mm -hmm. and what are those, right? What does the Bible tell us those are, right? And I think the first step for us is what does success look like uh, in our relationship with God? What does that look well, like to you as a man? What do you guys well, think? I'll jump in there. I, I think um, success in my relationship with God is, so here, here it is. So when we, first of all, we live in a culture, and I think all of us are from the generation that said, hey, you work hard, you set goals, you will achieve whatever you want to be, mm -hmm. right? And so, and, and here's the thing, that has worked for us, right? That has worked for us when we're 40 or 50 years old, we can see the fruit of our labor. Yep. Um, in my relationship with God, I, I actually brought that into my relationship with God. Mm. I had a, I, When I initially got saved, I had to work salvation. Like, I felt like if I could work and if I could pray, if I could show up for church, if I could go to the Bible study, if I could memorize scripture, then God would love me. Yep. And I was confused. I was totally confused. I was trying to club, I, bro. I, that's right. I, I was missing it. Right. And, and, and what here, here's why I was missing it is because I had a works salvation. In other words, based on the society that was, I was in the culture that I was in, if I worked hard, then I was successful. And so what flipped that on his head is this, is when God really, I mean, literally, and I, I don't want to get, I believe that God can speak to you audibly. I think he speaks to you, but you confirm that with his word. Amen. And, Amen. And, and absolutely. He, and he spoke to me and he's like, Ralph, there's nothing you can do to get me to love you more. Come on, man. And that's when I started to understand what we're talking about today, about mm. altered manhood, is that the altar, Ralph died. He did not just bring a sacrifice, but he died and he, he, he got new life. He recovered, replaced. He, he, he replaced his life with the life of Christ. The life that, in fact, like Paul said in Galatians two, the life that I now live, I live by faith in the son of God who gave himself for me. And so mm. when I talk about success in my relationship with God, it's not about what I do. It's about what he's done. And the more that I reflect on what Jesus Christ has done for me by his death on the cross and what God has done for me. And, 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 and one of my favorite verses, Tim, for this is Ephesians 2, where it says that we are his masterpieces created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has ordained beforehand. Wait a minute. God thought about the thing. God thought about altered manhood before we did no doubt <laughs> and thank goodness he was like Look, we're not I'm smart put, enough to come up with this stuff i'm gonna put four of these dudes together to talk about how their life has been altered and how men men across this world lives can be altered for the greater purposes of god and yeah. so mm. that's the essence of success in your relationship with God is growing in the grace and knowledge of God, Jesus Christ, every single mm. day, waking up and reading your word because he loves you and you love him. Yeah. It's spending time with him because he loves you and you love him. It's being available to the Holy spirit. And this is something I'm working on in my life. I have not achieved this yet. I haven't achieved it yet, but inviting the Holy spirit into every conversation and every interaction as I walk mm. through the day. Oh, I'm, I'm great at that at church. Oh man, I'll hit my knees before I go on stage or before I pray with someone I'll pray. But man, he wants to be in every conversation, every circumstance, every interaction, every single Absolutely. Day. Absolutely. So for me, that's what success looks like. Man, 
so much to unpack there, Jerry. I don't know if we're going to have time to cover any of this stuff. This <laughs> <laughs> first one, but, it's, it's well, a podcast. We got plenty of time. I know, I know, I know. But two things I'll say. You know, one thing, um, what what I hear you saying, Ralph, big time, and I think this is important for the practical application of men listening to this podcast is your time is the most important thing that yes. that God has given you. And I think sometimes uh, we get that that gets pushed to the side. We're so focused on accomplishing a task, or we're so focused on uh, getting, you know, financial stability, or whatever you want to call it. That the great lie, or one of the great lies, has been perpetrated by the enemy that has made men fail over and over and over again. Is that they don't value their time as the biggest commodity that they have. Right. And so when we can really understand that, we can really put that into perspective, then it changes everything because then the most important thing, if the most important thing to us in our life is God and through God, we're going to be able to go ahead and find all of these great uh, fulfillments and successes and victories in our life. And we have to make sure that that he is receiving the time. And that first stage, I think, is those baby steps you talked about of, okay, maybe I can just spend 10 or 15 minutes in the word every single morning. Give him those first fruits. I mean, some of the guys that I mentor and I coach and, and some of the guys that I know we work with at, at yeah, Courageous at church, um, you know, we just tell them, start there. I mean, you're going to eat breakfast or drink your coffee in the morning, open the word and read some of the word, one chapter a day, and then let God work on you to get to, you know, you're at like, you know, I, I don't think we can put a professor, you know, college you know, degree here, but the, the much greater um, you know, down the road of what we're looking to do in our discipleship is what you said, Ralph, is that letting the Holy Spirit lead every single act. But if you're a man listening to this today, don't be intimidated by that. Start with small baby steps that are going to allow you to get to the point where you can sit there and you go, you know what? God is ready to take to, take me to that next level of sanctification. So um, we're going to switch gears just a little bit here. Jerry, I want to get your your thought. We kind of hit on this a little bit. Um, what do you think uh, the big goal of this podcast, if we could say, you know, maybe not what our goal is, what's God's goal for this podcast and what are we trying to accomplish here? Well, I think uh, I love what, what, what Ralph just said about knowing our identity, um, that Ephesians chapter two about masterpiece that word that God is using to describe us, right? It's 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 like Ephesians is a power-packed um, ID card. Chapters no one, chapters one, two, and three is who we are. Mm-hmm. We're chosen. We're redeemed. We're adopted. We are a masterpiece, like Ralph said. And you know, uh, it reminded me that word masterpiece in the Greek, it's poema, which is mm. what we use for the word poem. So the Apostle Paul had in mind that God is still writing our story. Oh, man. You know, it's it's that same narrative that, Mm. man, if you surrender, if you walk in your identity, he's going to do some amazing things. And sometimes you don't know what that looks like. Because I know when I first got saved, I didn't didn't know. I just knew I needed to be saved. I needed to to believe that Jesus died for my sins and he's going to change my life. I didn't know what that looked like. All I knew is I needed to follow him. And as I followed him, I found my identity in reading his word, getting with a group of guys and unpacking these questions like we're doing in his podcast. And I think as, as people listen to this podcast, we're going to, we're going to define that. What does that mean to walk out your journey with Jesus? What does that look like in my life? 
What does yeah. it look like to put God first um, in prayer, put him first in my resources, in my time, my talent, and my treasure? Uh, sometimes we, we don't understand what that looks like because we, we believe faith is just Sunday. It's like I did my good works and, you know, my whole life I've been patted on the back to do good. Right. And then we bring that same narrative to our faith with Jesus. Like, hey, I'm going to do good by going to church. Like Ralph was talking about performance. And man, since a kid, I've been, you know, told to earn stuff, told to perform. Sure. Right. I think I only got loved on when I brought A's and B's home. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like our oh, whole yeah, lives. Bro. Yeah, we've been yeah. we've been conditioned to perform. So now that we, you know, we we surrender all that to yeah. God, and I think that is what an altered uh, man looks like. I think yeah. we have been brought to the altar to worship, right? Living uh, our our lives are a sacrifice, a worship back to Him. Um, but we've also been altered. You know, God interrupted our own. You know, God, we've been creating our whole lives, and now we're worshiping the true God. And I think that's that's the that's the transition that is is not always black and white um, for us. We need to see what that yeah. looks like, walking it out. So I, I pray that this conversation will bring some of that, um, you know, some of that light yeah. into that conversation. Yeah, one of the things I love that you said there is worship. Right, we heard this a long time ago and it's very impactful for me and I, I teach my kids it and uh, it's it's that we're all going to worship something and i think that's huge right and so uh, we are absolutely susceptible that as men right we're going to pick something to worship and why not pick the thing to worship that is going to help our marriages prosper that's going to help us raise our kids that's going to help us understand how to honor uh, our finances right and the hard thing sometimes about being an altered man is you're doing with something against what the culture is telling you, but the great fruit of that and what we've experienced on this podcast and what we can sit here and, and just write testimony after testimony or testimony about is it works. I remember I was driving with my um, kids one day, I think we were going to church actually, and uh, my daughter in the back, she was maybe five or six years old, and she goes, Daddy, why do we pray? You know, it's one of those profound things that one of your kids will throw it at you as your dad. You know, every dad's been on the spot with a kid, right? Asking you this great spiritual question that you're, you're sitting there going, oh boy, how am I going to answer this question? But <laughs> the Holy Spirit just kind of spoke to me and he just said, tell her because it works. And how simple, right? For a child to understand, but how simple for us as men to really absorb that and to go, you know what? I follow the God of the universe. He's not a God of any other religion, if you will, out there. I follow him because it works. And I think that is the practical, such a huge practical application for men that are seeking, that are listening to this podcast going, what, what am I going to get out of this? You're going to get practical application that actually works. Now, you may not, it may be countercultural. You may not ever always sit there and agree with what we're saying. But what I love about the God of the universe and the God of the Bible is that he doesn't void any of his promises. You can take him to the bank every time. And that's what I want every single man listening to this podcast to understand. And, and we keep hearing Ephesians 2, and I will tell you what changed my life was Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For it is grace, for it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not of your works. It goes back to them understanding that, guys, you don't have, this is not about your works. There's no, so, there's not a grand scale that God puts on heaven that, you know, if you do X amount of works, you're going to, you're going to get in. 
or if you don't do X amount of works, you're not going to. It, it can't possibly work that way because God is not that way. He is a just God. And the only way that he was able to make sure that works wasn't based on this process was the sacrifice of his son. We don't have time to get into all the theology of it, but I just wanted to mention that in Ephesians 2 because that was huge for me. Uh, I was born and raised in a very loving Catholic household, but that Catholic household was very much works-based. And I thought for sure I had to do works plus salvation, you know, plus belief. And that would get mm -hmm. me, you know, that would get me into, into the kingdom, so to speak. So anyway, great stuff. So guys, let me, let me pivot real quick. I got to grab my notes here. Well, well, you know what, Tim, while you're grabbing your notes, I, I do want to jump in and I, do it, I, think, man. I think Jerry nailed it when he said the Greek word there is poem. Um, and, and I, I can't, I don't even remember where I got this, but I was talking to a gentleman the other day and he's, you know, for the men that are out there, we're recording this a week before the new year or the week, the week before new year, 2024. And I say that because of this, he, he, you know, he said, Hey Ralph, this is the week where I'm writing my story. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he says, he wakes up every day and he reads the story that he's believing. He he's reading the story of who he is every single day for 2024. And so he spends this week writing who he wants to become as a man, as a husband in his finances and all of the different areas of his life. And I thought that was very extremely interesting because I say many times that God is writing his story in and through our lives every single day as a man, as a woman, as anyone, God is saying, look, today I'm going to write my story in and through your life if you're available. And so I, I think one of the most practical things that we can do is as we transition to the next question is understand it, just recapping our time, talent, and treasures are important. And and understanding that our availability for God to write his story in and through our lives every single day is important as well. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And I love the part. I love the part about that question that you answered for your daughter is like, you didn't say we're supposed to pray. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's, I might've said that. I might've said yeah, yeah, we're supposed yeah. to pray, but yeah. you unpacked it for her. You gave her the why. And I think that's important as dads. Uh, to to parent in a way that you're leading your kids through the whys because they have so yeah. many questions and you're you're definitely modeling what an altered man looks like it's a man yes, of yeah. prayer right yeah. well i think that's what we're here to do right we're here yeah. to we want to be that we want to be the we want to give you those answers you know, because those answers are what we have experienced. Every you guys are going to hear through the testimonies that we are three very unique backgrounds, um, and those unique backgrounds, hopefully, and I believe God has ordained it in order for us to be able to relate to every single man that's going to listen to this podcast. You know, and so we're going to we're going to answer the hard stuff of you know how do you deal with uh, you know kids that have gotten out of bounds? How do you deal with you know when you're when you're you know a week or two into uh, you know, argument with your wife that just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. You know, how do you deal with the extended family uh, member at the Christmas party who, you know, wants to drill you with 28 questions about your theology? You know what I mean? We're going to, we want to dive into all of those important things because if we can equip you to go out to live a life as an altered man, then it, it'll bring you a level of confidence 
it'll bring you a level I consider holy confidence, not anything that's boastful or wrong, but a holy confidence you're going to be able to walk in that will change the trajectory of your life. It's going to change the trajectory of your family, your kids. And the great thing about it too, that, that, you know, I've just seen through my life and I've seen through your guys' lives is it's going to produce this great fruit. This fruit that is going to just is, is an, it's an example to everybody around you. Um, but it also is going to draw people near you. And, and I've seen that in my life and I'm certainly sure you guys have. So let me jump into this real quick. So this was uh, focus on the family, put this out in an article, but it was based on the U S census bureau. And I just want to get your guys reaction here because we talked about the need, you know, what is the need for altered manhood? And uh, this is according to the U.S. Census Bureau, as reported by the National Fatherhood Initiative. And this is back in uh, 2008, I want to say, no, 2018, excuse me. Uh, mm-hmm. 18.4 million children, that's one in four, live without a biological step or adoptive father in their home. And that's enough children to fill the New York City twice or Los Angeles four times over. That sobering statistic came to mind after I read a piece, a recent piece by Delano Squires of the Heritage Foundation, what he calls the prodigal father, fathers who've left their responsibility to their children and their mothers behind to seek what they believe to be personal pleasure and riches. He surmises that many of these men have abdicated their responsibility and become prodigal fathers because society has told men that their manliness is toxic and needs to be eradicated. Thus, they have no purpose or sense of commitment to invest in and stand for their families. So I think one of the things I wanted to really hit on before we kind of wind down, you know, the first podcast here is this has been popular in culture, Ralph and Jerry, you know, over the past two or three years. And I have my own theory and I'll share that here shortly. But, you know, we have this massive fatherhood problem, 18.4 million children, one in four. That's it. That's crazy to me that one in four boys yeah. are, are, are living without a biological step or adoptive father in their home. Lack of a lack of a, a male figure in their life, at least in their home. Maybe they have a coach. Praise God. Maybe they have other people, you know, in their life. Um, but really, really wanted to hit on here is, you know, this idea that these prodigal fathers, these men that are having this this feeling of being lost, if you will, have been told that their manliness is toxic. Did God ever intend for our manhood to be toxic, gentlemen? No, I think that's a cultural narrative where true masculinity is embraced by culture. You know, I think a lady would want to be led by someone who is truly masculine to protect, to provide, to lead. I think, you know, our culture has definitely given it a, a black eye by using terms as toxic masculinity where it's really men who are not uh you know following any kind of morality they're just being tossed around by a culture by every pleasure out there and they just leading themselves in a way that's so destructive to our society our culture i think if we have more dads there's less crime i think if we have more dads there's less poverty i think if we have Mm. more dads there's less abuse I think if we have more dads, there's less violence. Uh, I think the importance of a dad in a, in the household is so paramount to our maintaining our society that some of the things that are being thrown out there for men to get distracted, they get passive, they get 
you know, involved in so many different things, they just tune out. They get, they just yeah. check out of that role, but that role is so important. So there's definitely a need for that, Tim. And, you know, for me, I mean, growing up without a dad, I, I, I can definitely uh, feel that experience for a child to not have a dad. I can definitely, mm. you know, process some of that pain, some of those feelings, some of those awkward situations where dad's not around. It is so um, counterintuitive to what God wants to do in our culture. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because you're, what you're, what you're speaking to, you know, I, that, that cultural toxicity, you know, I, I have this, my personal opinion is that, uh, you know, this is kind of planned by culture. If we see the, the eradication of the headship of the man in the household, you know, from the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, all the way down, um, I have a saying that I go to all the time that, um, you know, the masculinity was redefined so that culture could call it toxic mm-hmm. you know there was there was a, it was planned and i hate to say that but this is what the enemy does and i think that's important for men to hear right <laughs> that if you're listening to this podcast and you just you know you're you're a man that's trying to kind of work your way through your faith you know don't be don't don't be fooled that there isn't a calculated plan to try to bring you down you know, that there isn't this plan that was hatched in order to try to make you feel as though your toxicity is, is uh, your, your masculinity is toxic, uh, because that's just not true. What are your thoughts, Ralph? Man, um, I agree with everything that Jerry just said, and I'm, I just wanted to share really quick this, you know, as Jerry put it, with the toxic manhood and the greater the greater effects of fathers in the family um fathers associated uh, who who connect with their children um their children you know um, have higher academic achievement they have greater school readiness they have stronger math and verbal skills they have emotional security higher self-esteem behavior you know fewer behavior problems um we also see the effects of uh, when a ch- when a um, father is not active in their children's lives, as well, here's what I want to point out. And I think when you boil it down to it, many men don't feel like they have what it takes. And father, um, that's my story. I was stuck there for years, um, and so I think what I'm saying to the men out there um, who are listening to this podcast is, you are enough. And God has given you everything that you need to father well, to show up and be present, to say the things that are loving, gracious, and merciful towards your children, to embrace them where they are. That's where Jesus finds us is where, wherever we are in our brokenness, our, how messed up we, I'm talking about, look, he heals the leper. He heals the leper, Tim. Mm -hmm. He touches, he, he, he embraces the leper before he heals the leper amen that story in and of itself expresses the heart of a father see the heart of the father is not waiting on you to get it right the heart of the father is embracing you in your messiness and 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 jerry and i i mean i'm looking at jerry right now on the screen but look i can tell you in my life there have been times where my kids were in a mess Mm. and they didn't they didn't need me to come around and judge them 
they just needed their dad to love them right where they were. Yeah. And so, and, and so many times in our culture, when our kids let us down or when they miss it or blah, 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 whatever the case may be, we kind of ship them off because we don't know what to do uh, in those circumstances, in those situations. And so for me as a fatherless father, that's what I call myself because my dad was absent. Yeah. I, I, I encourage men in, in my coaching and in my mentorship to say, hey, look, you know, there's three areas of parenting that you can be, that, that you can use to be effective in your children's life. The first area is grace. The second area is love. The last area is mercy. Mm. If you bring those three attributes into every situation with your kids, it's going to work out really well. And will you get some curveballs thrown your way? Absolutely. But always, um, I remember uh, one of our pastors said this a couple of weeks ago, always lean towards grace. grace. Always yeah. lean towards yeah, in every situation, it's leaning towards unmerited favor for the person in the situation. Yeah, no, that's a good word. So yesterday, I'll give you guys this funny practical application right right out of the, the life of Tim Coet with four children running around all the way from uh, almost two to, you know, ten and a half years old now. So my uh, third uh, third child, son Judah, he uh, is sitting at the table yesterday morning. And... Um, he was, we have a, you know, an island in the middle of our, our kitchen. And so Amdi is usually sit there and eat breakfast after I'm done making the kids breakfast. And he likes to come over and sit there, dad. Every dad loves that, right? Your kid's fighting to come sit next to you, you know? Right. Um, except this morning was a little unique because as he came over to sit next to me, he was carrying everything and he made it that far. But then what happened was as he uh, went to go ahead and hold his cup of milk, that cup slipped from his hand hit the floor and went everywhere. And so, you know, if you've ever been in one of those situations as a dad, when it hits the floor, it's like, you know, it's the shot heard around the world, right? Because you don't want to do that turn where you look down and you're like, how bad is it? How bad is it? And it was bad. It's on the couch. It's everywhere. <laughs> and I'm sitting there looking over at Judah and he's already starting to feel it. He's already starting to cry. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, oh man, how am I going to handle this situation? And truly, gentlemen, I didn't handle it that great. I really didn't. You know, it, mm -hmm. I had to mm -hmm. try to figure out, okay, am I going to balance, um, you know, teaching him responsibility to clean up after himself? I think that's important. But I didn't lead with grace and mercy first. I led with more, I don't want to call it condemnation, but I led with more directive about cleaning up after himself. And, you know, it didn't help the situation. It just made the situation worse. Mm -hmm. Right? right. And if I can do that better as a dad, if I can, you know, if I can be better with leading with those three attributes you just spoke about, listen, it's not going to make the milk get cleaned up any faster. Judah still needs mm -hmm. to clean up his milk, right? Because as men, we need to learn responsibility. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's going to also make things a lot more, he's going to be more receptive. He's going to be able to learn more effectively from what has occurred and learn that it's okay. Like, it's okay. You know, that's the old saying, you shouldn't cry over spilt milk. Well, listen, he was crying, but he didn't need to be crying over the spilt milk. You know, I mean, it's a silly analogy, but every parent that's listening to this right now can relate to that, you know? And I guess maybe I should have just been grateful it wasn't class, right? I mean, but who gives your five-year-old class? That would, be, that would be a problem, man. You have to question my parenting skills if you give, them, give a five-year-old, you know, class. So Right. Right. But, but you know, it's him I want to point out, I want to encourage you because even though you, you know, you, and a lot of times we are our worst enemies when it comes to how we handle things. 
but uh, God gave you another opportunity today, bro. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You know what I'm saying? Well, and so, and, and that's the thing is like, I'm going to tell you something. It's so funny. My wife reminds me of this. Like I used to cry over spilled milk so much. I get stuck in situations. I'm like, oh, I'm such, I can't believe. <laughs> oh man, I can't believe I said or did that thing. And, uh, and I'll go for days and she's like, everyone's over this except for you. Oh man, preach. Ugh. You know what I mean? Yeah, like everyone's dude, I'm with you. Yeah, you know I'm what I mean? It's, uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, so just want to encourage you to, and, and, and if these moments are such te teachable moments with our kids. It's like, yeah. and I see them more now as a grandfather. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm like, <laughs> as a granddad, now I'm like, Oh, come here. Let me help you breathe through this. Me, it's not really that bad. That yeah, you told you guys shatter. Yeah, you shattered your grandmother's favorite thing. It's oh, not man. that bad. Oh, okay. My gosh. So yeah, I'm telling you guys, you're listening to this podcast. You're getting perspectives <laughs> from grandparents, from a guy who's got a baby at home. You got, you know, you got the whole gamut of things here, guys. And uh, no, I appreciate that, Ralph. And I think um, one of the things that, that was really helpful too is, you know, you go through these things. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of dads, um, and I was blessed with a father that really did this well. He, he sought mercy, he sought forgiveness, you know, and I think that's, that's the beauty of this, of this walk with, with Jesus, right? Is that we, we get, no matter how far you've been as a dad, no matter how many mistakes you've made. Um, you know, there's never, you're never too far to come back and seek his grace. There, today can be the day that you say, I'm going to start on my journey, living in victory, walking with Christ. And it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be messy. Right. And so, you know, after that, after all the drama of the milk, um, I just went to Judah and I just said, Judah, daddy did not handle that as good as I could have. And I'm sorry. I will do better. You know, and that's I had good. a dad that modeled that for me, but that's, that's, that's the model that, you know, that's the idea of the prodigal son, right? Like yes. if you're, mm -hmm. if you're, if you're far from God and you stumbled upon this, this podcast, the reality is you're not, you're actually not far from, that's a lie of the enemy. He wants you to believe that you're far from God and you don't have a chance. That's absolutely untrue. And so I just want to kick it to you, Jerry, you know, speak to that man. What do you, what is that man out there thinking that I'm just far from God? I can't be an altered man. What do you have to say to that man? I think you, we are one turn away from God right there with us. One He's turn there, away. Right? He's, He's there. right there. Yes. And you know, the prodigal story is it's, it's so profound to, to, to uh, ponder and reread that story over and over again. And I think it's a great reminder of how we can parent our kids, you know, with, with, with grace and mercy and being able to um, live out those, those principles through our kids, right? And I, my yeah. kids are kind of big, but I, I look back, I remember a time where I lived in a corner house. And when you live on a corner house, you kind of drive up to, your backyard. You can see your backyard as you're pulling into the the house. And I remember seeing my son at the time. I think he was 13 or 14 or something like that. And I, the, the, the back was dark. It was in an eye and there was no lights on, but I sell a cigarette. Oh, I boy. Saw, I was like, is that a, I'm pulling, I told my wife, is that a cigarette I just saw? So, <laughs> so right there, your boy's fuming, bro. I'm like, oh, oh my God. Oh, boy. 
I prayed in the car before I got out the car. I prayed <laughs> right there. I felt the Holy Spirit say, here's an opportunity for you to love him. Mm. Mm. Okay, can't and stop I there. Finish, finish that story. <laughs> and, and we pull into the house. Uh, he 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 ran upstairs thinking that he was in his room. I said, "Hey, come down here. Let me and my mom want to talk to you." And uh, he comes down, and I said, "What was going on in the back?" And he he tried to lie. He didn't he didn't tell the truth. So I said, "I think I saw you smoking. Were you smoking?" And then he cried. He confessed. Mm. And at that moment, the Lord told me. You know, you haven't told him how much you loved him lately. Wow. And I said, Emilio, I am so sorry that I haven't loved you. I haven't told you how much I love you, how much I mm. care for you. And this is, this is somebody that you're not. You're not a smoker. Yeah. You're a Batista. You're a, a young man who follows righteousness, who wants to stay uh, the temple of the Holy Spirit, wants to keep it healthy. And this is not who you are, yeah. and I'm and I'm and I'm sorry that it had to come to this. But man, let's just start over. And it was an opportunity for me to get closer to my son when he failed. Yeah. And I think when you look at these opportunities, man, we could either make them or break them. You yep. know, they can become better or bitter. And I think you know we go back with what you said, Tim, when you told your kids, "I'm sorry." That's the best tool a dad has. Oh, I'm man. sorry. Please yeah. forgive me, you know, and I think um, we got to get better at that. As we yeah. as we get closer and closer to Jesus, I think it becomes a little bit easier. But man, I tell you what, when those moments come, you got to be prayed up, man. You got to be ready because, man, like Ralph said, things come out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. And I, I think one of the things that you really hit on there too, and and was it's absolutely antithetical in our culture, is this uh, this concept of humility, right? And it's that yeah. pause, right? You paused. Right. And if we can get more men to pause before mm -hmm. reacting, right? Culture doesn't, culture, culture honors or culture really raises up or glorifies the man that can react quickly. And it's like, okay, yeah, in certain circumstances, when it's got to do with the protection or safety of your household, <laughs> you know, or of your family, but there is, there is wisdom in the pause. All right, there's wisdom in that. Yeah. And it goes back to something Ralph said earlier too. Like, how can we pause as an altered man and say, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want to have done? And your story was such a good example of that. You know, pause and let let me work out what's let me work out this situation for my glory. And I think that's huge mm -hmm. because the fruit of that, right? We talked about this earlier. The fruit of that is great, is is great stuff. Right, like yeah, if right. you didn't want your yeah. son to be smoking a cigarette in the back porch, but I don't think you'd—I don't think you'd change the situation today. I don't think you—I right. don't think you'd change it, right? And I think so many men are out there thinking yeah. to themselves that it's the end of the world. No, it's not, man. God can redeem any situation. He can redeem any man, any woman. And he can do any of that. We're all testimony to that. So, you know, whether it's a kid that's out of bounds or a marriage that's struggling, it doesn't matter. God has the absolute ability through the tools that he has presented through, you know, to us through his word to be able to go ahead and redeem those situations. So guys, I think we're getting close to the end of our time here. Let's fi let's finish with some, uh, some final thoughts. What do you got Ralph for the inaugural La Primera podcast? Como se dice podcast? A podcast? <laughs> uh, podcast? <laughs> Oh my I love gosh. it. <laughs> you got La Primera, right? You're yeah. good there, bro. Come on, so you said podcast. We're going, 
know. I don't know. We'll look it up. What you got, Ralph? I gotta butchered, look it up. Butchered Spanish. Butchered Spanish. But look, um, I think for me, um, what do I have? Hey, Jerry, thank you for sharing that story. Um, man, that took me back to a lot of different times where I blew it uh, as a dad. Um, but I do think as I look at your story and what you shared, I want to take that and capitalize on it. Um, pause, pray. If you're married with your spouse, it brings humility. It removes the emotion from the situation and it gives you an opportunity to engage in a way that would honor God. Um, so when I think about altered manhood, that's simply what it is. The world doesn't teach that way. The world, the world says that you ought to respond with, you know, oh, you ought to, you, you, you know, you should just go over there and blah, blah, blah. And so I think in the inaugural altered manhood, I'm excited to not only just do life with the men who will listen to this podcast to answer questions, um, to help encourage every man, um, everywhere to, um, to allow God to, to allow God through the person of Jesus Christ to change their life and for them to walk in all, in, all, in the power of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis and let that be practical uh, application in their life as we apply it to our lives. And so um, that's that's what I'm excited about for this inaugural piece. Um, the last the last and that's all I'll share. I, awesome. I got more, but we'll talk. Yeah, you're gonna about, say, we, we got some, another. Say some good stuff. Say some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but Ralph brought something up, uh, up that's very important for everybody listening to the podcast is um, we're going to be doing shorter Q&A sessions. So if you have questions that you want to submit uh, to the podcast, please do. Uh, we're going to be presenting more avenues to do that uh, and how you get that information over to us. Um, but we will be taking your questions. We will be doing short uh, little snippets, mini podcasts, if you want to call them. They're going to be specific to the questions you have asked because I know as a, as a man, when I was growing in my faith and I was going through that time of just exponential crazy growth, um, I had questions and I had men that I could text, I could call mm -hmm. and lean on. And, and they weren't like, you know, high deep spiritual questions. It was more like, Hey, this is going on in my marriage. What do I do? Hey, you know, I'm, you know, this happened at work today. How do I deal with my boss? So we want to be that avenue as well for those practical applications. So I'll kick it to you, Jerry, for your final thoughts, man. Sure. I think as, as men or anybody listening to this podcast on their way to work at home, maybe you're in a garage doing some things, you know, you hear a couple of guys talking about their faith and they made some mistakes. They made, they got some victories. They're walking this journey out. We want to invite you into our journey. We want to invite you into our experience. But at the same time, we want to keep it simple, you know, and I think living our lives out for Jesus, you know, um, sharing our faith and trusting God with the results is what I call success. You know, it's pretty simple. We just need to keep uh, going forward. We need to, you know, remove any distractions that are before us for the new year coming. You know, I, I love what we talked about. It's like our time is the number one uh, resource God has given us. We can't get time back. So yeah. who do who do we need to meet this year? In twenty twenty four. Who do who do we who do we not need to meet? You know, I think you want to invite mentors into your life. You want to invite people who are going to be praying for you, encouraging you, supporting you, 
you know, c- continue to, to move forward in whatever God has in front of you, but uh, keep it simple, man. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. That was actually just the Holy Spirit put that on my heart too is, you know, I'm, I'm the type of guy, and I'm sure you guys are too, you know, give me one thing to work on. Yeah, we covered a lot in this podcast today and because God has done a lot in our lives and, and it's difficult for us just to compartmentalize uh, one or two things and talk about those because uh, as you grow and as you have different experiences with God and he brings different victories in your life and, and you experience his abundance, it's going to be hard to, to, to focus on one thing, but don't get overwhelmed. The enemy wants you to be overwhelmed by thinking you have to do a hundred things. And that's just not true. If you got one thing out of this podcast today, focus on that one thing. And I just want you to trust that, that that's what the Holy Spirit wants you to work on. And I think that, uh, you know, I'll be as bold as to say, trust that one thing that you're to work on out of this podcast today, the one thing you're to dwell on. Uh, and then watch God for the result. Watch him bring the fruit. He wants to be present in your life and he wants to prove himself to you so that you can have that great relationship with him and glorify him. So do not be overwhelmed. So guys, this wraps up the inaugural uh, podcast for today. And for you men who are asking how they can do their part to spread the word of altered manhood to other men, simply rate us, like us, and leave a comment. Believe it or not, that simple act increases the reach of this podcast to a world that needs altered manhood. Until next time, guys. Altered Manhood is part of the Go Podcast Ministries family, a family of podcasters following Christ's command to go and spread the good news. You can find other members of this family at gopodcast.org.